And good afternoon. You're listening to Ken Hudnell. This is the Ken Hudnell Show. Coming to you from our studios right here in exciting El Paso, Texas. Gateway to the Old West and the most haunted city in the country. Well, today is February 15th, 46th day of the year. 319 days remain till the year's over with. Then we get to do it again. Holidays and observances. Angelman Syndrome Day. Now, let me see about the other list. There we go. Singles Awareness Day. Annoy Squidward Day. World Hippo Day. National Gumdrop Day. Random Acts of Kindness Week. Take Your Family to School Week. International Flirting Week. Uh, National Jello Week. Children of Alcoholics Awareness Week. Great American Pizza Bake. National Nest Box Week. National Condom Week. Make sure you got two or three in your pocket at all times. National Secondhand Wardrobe Week. National Cardiac Rehabilitation Week. National Kraut Frankfurt Week. Freelance Writers Appreciation Week. Birth dates of Megan the Stallion and Chris Farley. National Black History Month. Canned Food Month. National Snack Food Month. National Children's Dental Health Month. Harley Quinn Month. National Embroidery Month. National Grapefruit Month. National Women Inventors Month. Great American Pie Month. International Vegan Cuisine Month. National Heart Month. National Cherry Month. National Bake for Family Fun Month. National Bird Feeding Month. National Hot Breakfast Month. National Library Lovers Month. Low Vision Awareness Month. National Fasting February. And North American Inclusion Month. Now let's see if there's anything else I need to cover. Well... I guess not. Alrighty. All that having been said, in 438 AD, Roman Emperor Theodosius II publishes the Law Codex, Codex Theodosianus. 590, Cosro II's crowned king of Persia. 706, Byzantine Emperor Justinian II has his predecessors, Leontius and Tiberius III, publicly executed in the Hippodrome of Constantinople. That's a good way to make sure nobody uh, tries to uh, usurp your position. Uh, 1002 AD, at an assembly at Pavia of Lombard nobles, uh, Arduin of Avera is Restored to his domains and crowned king of Italy. 1113, Pope Pasquale II issues Pi Postulato Voluntius, recognizing the Order of Hospitallers. Now, for those who are not familiar with the Order of the Knights of the Hospital of St. John of Jerusalem, known as the Knights Hospitallers, it's a medieval and early modern Catholic military order 
founded in the Crusader Kingdom of Jerusalem in the 12th century and had headquarters there until 1291. It was based in Colossae Castle in Cyprus uh, then on the, until 1310 on the island of Rhodes until 1522, then in Malta until 1798 and St. Petersburg until 1801. 1214, during the Anglo-French War, 1213 to 1214, English invasion force led by John, King of England, lands at La Rochelle in France. 1493, while on board the Nina, Christopher Columbus writes an open letter uh, describing his discoveries and the unexpected items he came across in the New World. And that letter is widely distributed on his return to Portugal. 1637, Ferdinand III becomes Holy Roman Emperor. 1690, Constantine Cantemir, Prince of Moldavia and the Holy Roman Emperor signed, and the Holy Roman Empire, signed a secret treaty in uh, Sibiu, stipulating that Moldavia would support the actions led by the House of Habsburg against the Ottoman Empire. 1764, the city of St. Louis is established in Spanish Louisiana. It's now part of Missouri. 1798, the Roman Republic's proclaimed after Louis Alexander of Berthier, uh, General Napoleon, had uh, invaded the city of Rome five days earlier. 1835, Serbia's Sretenje Constitution briefly comes into effect. 1852, Helsinki Cathedral, known as St. Nicholas Church at the time, was officially inaugurated in Helsinki, Finland. 1862, American Civil War. Confederates, commanded by Brigadier General John Floyd, attacked General Ulysses S. Grant's Union forces besieging Fort Donaldson in Tennessee. Unable to break the fort's encirclement, the Confederates surrendered the next day. 1870, Stevens Institute of Technology is founded in New Jersey, or, or they don't know, offers the first Bachelor of Engineering degree in Mechanical Engineering. 1879, Women's Rights, President Rutherford B. Hayes signs a bill allowing female attorneys to argue cases before the Supreme Court of the United States. 1898, the battleship USS Maine explodes and sinks in Havana Harbor in Cuba, killed 274 of the ship's roughly 354 crew. This disaster pushed the United States to declare war on Spain, even though to this day there is no definitive proof about what happened. 1899, Tsar Nicholas II of Russia issues a, a declaration known as the February Manifesto, reduces the autonomy of the Grand Duchy of Finland, which begins the first period of oppression. <clears throat> 1909, the Flores Theater of Fire in Acapulco, Mexico, kills 250. 1923, Greece becomes the first, last European country to adopt a Gregorian calendar. 1925, the 1925 serum run to Nome. This was the second delivery of serum to Nome, Alaska. The, uh, it's also known as the Great Race of Mercy and the serum run. They transported diphtheria anatoxin by dog sled across the U.S. territory of Alaska. It was done by 20 mushers and about 150 sled dogs. They covered 674 miles. In five and a half days, saving the town of Nome and the surrounding communities from a developing epidemic of diphtheria. Both the mushers and their dogs were portrayed as heroes in a newly popular medium of radio and received headline coverage in newspapers across the U.S. 
Balto, the, the lead sled dog on the final stretch in the Dome, became the most famous canine celebrity of the era. Right after Rin Tin Tin and his statue is a popular tourist attraction in both New York City Central Park and downtown Anchorage, Alaska. But it was Togo's team that uh, covered much of the most dangerous parts of the route and ran the furthest. Togo's team covered 261 miles. Balto's uh, team ran 55 miles. The publicity also helped spur an inoculation campaign in the U.S. that uh, dramatically reduced the threat of the disease, though it has come back, I understand, as well as the plague. We've had a few of those cases recently pop up. 1933 in Miami, Giuseppe Zangara attempts to assassinate President-elect Franklin D. Roosevelt, but instead he shoots Chicago Mayor Anton Shermak, who dies of his wounds on March 6th. 1942, World War II, follow Singapore. Following an assault by Japanese forces, British General Arthur Percival uh, surrenders. About 80,000 Indian, United Kingdom, and Australian soldiers become prisoners of war. Largest surrender of British-led military personnel in history. 1944, World War II, the assault on Monte Cassino, Italy, begins on this date. Also in 1944, World War II, the, the Narva Offensive begins. For those that are not familiar with the Narva Offensive, it's a campaign fought between German Army Detachment Narva and the Soviet Leningrad Front uh, for the strategically important Narva and Isthmus. At the time of that operation, Stalin was personally interested in taking Estonia, viewing it as a precondition to forcing Finland out of the war. Second Shock Army expanded the bridgehead at the Krivosu Swamp south of Narva, temporarily uh, cutting the railway between uh, the Sponheimer Group. Army General Leonid Gravoro, uh, unable to take advantage of the opportunity of encircling the smaller German army group, uh, which called in reinforcements. Those came mostly from newly mobilized Estonians who were motivated to resist the looming Soviet reoccupation. Uh, the Soviet 30th Guards Army, uh, Rifle Corps and the 124th Rifle Corps, which resumed the Soviet operation, were exhausted by the Germanic SS, uh, the third Germanic SS Panzer Corps in ferocious battles. Offensive was halted on February 20th, symbolically coinciding with Estonian Independence Day on uh, February 24th. The fresh 45th and 46th SS Waffen Grenadier Regiments, 1st and 2nd Estonian, uh, destroyed the Soviet uh, bridgehead north of Narva. So it was a rather important um, offensive. 1945, World War II, third day of bombing in Dresden took place on this date. 1946, ENIAC, first electronic general purpose computers formally dedicated to University of Pennsylvania in Philadelphia. 1945, uh, 49, Gerard Lancaster Harding and Roland Duvall began excavations at Cave 1 of the Qumran Caves, where they eventually discovered the first seven Dead Sea Scrolls. 1952, King George VI of the UK is buried in St. George's Chapel in Windsor Castle. 1954, Canada and the U.S. agree to construct a distant early warning line, a system of radar stations in the far northern Arctic regions of Canada and Alaska. 1961, Sabina Flight 548 crashes in Belgium, kills 73, including the entire United States figure skating team, along with several of their coaches and family members. 1965, a new red, white, and maple leaf design is adopted as the flag of Canada, replacing the old Canadian red ensign banner. 
1971 decimalization of the currencies of the UK and Ireland is completed on the decimal day, which is this date. 1972, sound recordings are granted U.S. federal copyright protection for the first time. 1972, Jose Maria Valesco Ibarra, serving as president of Ecuador for the fifth time, is overthrown by the military for the fourth time. 1982, the drilling rig Ocean Ranger seeks during a storm off the coast of Newfoundland. Killed 84 workers. 1989, Soviet-Afghan War. Soviet Union officially announces all its troops have left Afghanistan. 1991, the Visegrad Group, establishing cooperation to move uh, toward free market systems, is signed by the uh, leaders of Czechoslovakia, Hungary, and Poland. 1992, serial killer Jeffrey Dahmer is sentenced to Milwaukee to 15 terms of life in prison. 1992, Air Transport International Flight 805 crashes in Swanton, Ohio, near Toledo Express Airport. Killed all four people on board. 1996, at the Chaiching Satellite Launch Center in China, Long March 3B rocket carrying a Intelsat uh, 708 veers off course and... Uh, Crashes into a real village after liftoff. Kill between six and a hundred people, depending on who you talk to. 1996, the embassy of the United States in Athens is attacked by an anti-tank rocket launched by the Revolutionary Organization 17 November. They got such high-sounding names, and it's three guys that don't have shoes. 1999, PKK leader Abdullah Okalan is arrested in Kenya and handed over to the Turkish government. Sentenced to life in prison in court and been imprisoned on Imali Island ever since. 2001, the first draft of the complete human genome was published in Nature. 2003, protests against the Iraq war take place in over 600 cities worldwide. Estimated between 8 million and 30 million people participate, making it the largest peace demonstration in history. 2010, two trains collide in the Holly train collision in Holly, Belgium. Killed 19 and injured 171. 2012, 360 people died of fire to Honduran prison in the city of Comayago. 2013, a meteor explodes over Russia. Injured 1,500 people as a shockwave blows out windows and rocks buildings. This happened unexpectedly only hours before the expected closest ever approach of the large and unrelated asteroid 2012 DA-14. And in 2021, 60 people drown and hundreds are missing after a boat sinks on the Congo River near the village of Rongala Ikoti, by Nadomi Province, Democratic Republic of Congo. And if they make a big deal out of being democratic, you know that they are communist-inspired. Well, we've been talking about... Haunted locations and scary places, and I got a few more uh, places to talk about. You know, it's been a lot of haunted houses and haunted hotels because dark tourism has become big business, and a lot of money is made uh, talking about um, bizarre happenings. I mean, that even includes the Playboy Mansion. Apparently, Hugh still runs around in the smoking jacket. Well, we talked about the Amityville Horror House, Ed Gein's Farm, 
And for those that are like horror movies, some of the most uh, ten that are called must-watch are uh, Psycho, the one by Hitchcock, Rosemary's Baby, Halloween, 1978, and the first Alien. I didn't really like that one. I liked the second Alien. Uh, the Exorcist, The Shining, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the Silence of the Lambs, Jaws, and of course, who could forget the ring? Well, there's been a number of <coughs> stories about hotels that have been haunted. As many people as go through them, it's be surprising if they weren't. And one of the best known is a place I really liked. I spent a week there. RMS Queen Mary in Long Beach. Now, when the Queen Mary retired from ocean travel, it was arrangements were made for it to be permanently docked in Long Beach. And it's, in my mind, every bit as grand as it ever ever was. You know, the the Queen Mary is both bigger and faster than the, the Titanic and even more luxurious. It has 12 decks featuring Art Deco design and intricate woodwork that's polished to a high gleam, and it was still that way when I was there. And this was the preferred mode of transportation for royalty and celebrities crossing the Atlantic. Queen Mary embarked on her maiden voyage in May of 1936. Went from Southampton, England, to New York City in a little more than five days. That was considered unheard of. Two years later, she set a record for the fastest Atlantic crossing, which stood until 1952. But in early 1940, Queen Mary was repurposed as a troop ship to aid the Allies' efforts in World War II. Painted camouflage gray and nicknamed a Gray Ghost. Ship's accommodations were increased from 2,140 to 5,500. But eventually they would be able to carry almost 10,000. And she began making trips all over the globe from Southampton to Sydney. Of course, unfortunately, during this time period, the ship was involved in a maritime tragedy. 1942, as I've said previously on another show, she collided with a British light cruiser, HMS Kirikoa cut that smaller ship in half and resulted in the death of more than 300 people in the uh, Kurokoa's crew. Well, the war ended in 45, and in 1947, the Queen Mary returned to civilian service as a luxury airliner for the next 20 years until jet travel became so popular. She carried on in something approaching her former glory. She was finally retired in 1967, permanently moored to the city of Long Beach, California. The city converted a ship to a floating hotel and opened it as a tourist attraction in 1971. Well, the, uh, unfortunately, the Queen Mary ceased operations in 2020 because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, stories of strange sights and sounds soon grew to the point the ship became known as one of the most haunted hotels in America. 
During the ship's seagoing years, at least a dozen crew members and more than three dozen passengers died on board. In fact, <coughs> one of the best-known ghosts is an 18-year-old crewman who was been seen near the watertight door that crushed him during a drill in 1966. And the spirit of senior second officer W.E. Stark, who died one night in 1949 after accidentally drinking acid instead of gin, has been spotted wandering through the ship's corridors. And in the region of the Queen Mary's bow where she collided with the Kurokawa, crashing and grinding noises have been reported as well as the sound of men screaming and water rushing. If they reopen it as a hotel, I strongly recommend you stay there. It's a fascinating place. Well, let's go to New York City. The renowned Hotel Chelsea. It's closed to new guests during a lengthy renovation process that stretched for more than 10 years from 2011 to 2022. It's open again and taking reservations for stays be an interesting place to spend a little time. The 12-story Hotel Chelsea was opened in 1884 as an apartment building. Had 40 units, was one of the first residential cooperatives in New York City. It was a red brick Queen Anne-style uh, structure, accented with ornate iron balconies and topped by a mansard roof pierced by dormers and chimneys in a central tower. Early on, it became known as a haven for artists. One of his residents was American landscape painter Charles Melville Dewey, who died at age 88 in his apartment in a hotel in 1937. Dewey's long residency wasn't unusual for actors and singers and writers and painters who over the next 125 years would uh, loiter in the Chelsea's famous art-adorned lobby, who would uh, ascend to their rooms in its intricate iron staircase. After the Chelsea was converted into a hotel in 1905, it was visited by actresses uh, Sarah Bernhardt and William Russell, well as writers Mark Twain and O. Henry. In the 1930s, Thomas Wolfe wrote the novel You Can't Go Home Again while staying there. Hotel's bohemian reputation grew with each passing year as it uh, hosted an eclectic mix of uh, artistic characters, such as Bob Dylan and Patti Smith and Arthur Miller and um, Jack Kurosik, Allen Ginsberg, Jackson Pollock, Andy Warhol, Janis Joplin, Leonard Cohen. In fact, Janis Joplin and Leonard Cohen carried on a brief affair with each other between rooms uh, 411 and 424. In the words of one journalist, the Hotel, Chelsea, the Hotel Chelsea was a big boho fraternity house. And some former guests are apparently still living there after their death. A painter who resided at the hotel from 2003 to 2006 claimed to have been visited by the ghost of uh, writer William S. Burroughs, who wrote uh, Naked Lunch while he was living at the Chelsea in 1959. And a number of purists reported seeing the, the veined woman of Victoria Aaron, the little Victorian era spirit who routinely checks her reflection in a fifth floor mirror. Hotels also had tragedy in its past. Uh, Nancy Spungen was stabbed to death on October 12, 1978, in Room 100. She'd been sharing it, sharing it with her boyfriend. That was Sex Pistols bassist Sid Vicious. A knife Spungen had given the Vicious had been plunged into her abdomen. 
police arrested Vicious for the murder, but uh, as you may know, he died of a heroin overdose before the case ever went to trial. She said to still be haunting the area around her old room where mysterious noises and unexplained changes in temperature have been reported. Now, the ghost, referred to by residents as Mary, haunts the hotel's hallways. Story goes Mary was the wood of a man who perished on board the Titanic in 1912. Distraught over his death, she hung herself in her room. She was uh, seen as recently as 1996 by Sopranos star uh, Michael Imperioli who lived in a Chelsea for two months and once claimed to see her crying in the eighth-floor corridor. And before you uh, decide that that's a bunch of hooey, I wrote a book called Haunted Hotels, and on the cover is a photograph taken on the fourth floor of the hotel, one of the hotels showing a, a ghost walking down the hall. It was taken by the manager who sent it to me because he knew I did ghost tours. It included his hotel. Well, let's go to uh, <clears throat> New Orleans. Talk about the Bourbon Orleans Hotel. Bourbon Orleans started out as um, a property belonging to the Sisters of the Holy Family. They outgrew that space in 1964 and sold the property that would next become the Bourbon uh, Orleans Hotel. They moved to a larger facility in New Orleans East, where the, the order still resides today. You know, the, um, the first incarnation of a property on this French Quarter site was the Theatre de Orleans, which opened in 1815. After fire the first year, completely destroyed it. A new one was built in 1817, designed by British-born architect uh, in Linda Trobe, the, the designer in the United States Capitol, who added the Orleans Ballroom. 1,300-seat theater soon became one of the country's premier opera hubs and, together with the ballroom, served as an important forum for Creole society as well as a setting for some of the most uh, prestigious social events in New Orleans. 1881, the Sisters of the Holy Family, the first black religious order in the U.S., purchased the theater and the ballroom and converted them into a convent and a school for African-American girls called St. Mary's Academy. Order then purchased an adjacent lot and built an orphanage for girls called St. John's Benchman's, St. John Birchman's Asylum for Negro Girls. 1964, the nuns sold the building to a Baton Rouge developer who converted the property into the, the corner of Bourbon and Orleans Street into a hotel and ballroom. Today, the Bourbon Orleans is said to be home to more than 20 ghosts, including a wounded Confederate soldier who limps along the hallways of the third and sixth floor. Several others are said to be the spirits of children and nuns who died during the yellow fever epidemic in 1897. Ghosts have report, guests have reported hearing the laughter of children in the halls and the ghost of a little girl is seen chasing after her ball on the uh, sixth floor. In the ballroom, the spirit of a woman is often seen dancing by herself under the chandeliers. But the hotel's most notorious spirits, frequent room 644, were, according to legend, a nun committed suicide. Guests and staff have heard tortured screams coming from the room, and some patrons have reported to waking up in the middle of the night to find a nun standing over their beds. That would certainly wake you up to see a nun standing beside your bed. Well... Bourbon Street um, Hotel, the Hotel Provincial in New Orleans, 
on Bourbon Street. Sits on the site of a former military hospital that dates back to 1722. Screams of pain and sounds of groaning men have been heard in the provincial's uh, hallways, and guests and staff also reported seeing the ghosts of wounded soldiers as well as bloodstains on floors and bed covers. Young female ghosts that everybody thinks is probably a nurse have also been sighted. One of the most vivid reports, guests said the elevator doors opened once onto the bloody scene of a military hospital floor. The uh, When the doors closed, uh, the uh, these grisly tableaus uh, vanished. Same thing happened in Gettysburg, as I recall. Well, let's go to San Antonio, Texas. Something that in the past has been one of my favorite cities to go to. The Emily Morgan Hotel. It sits across from the street from the Alamo. Where 189 Texans and hundreds of Mexican soldiers died in the famous 13-day siege. That took place in March of 1836. Some believe the hotel is haunted by the soldiers who lost their lives in the battle. Well, open in 1926 is the Medical Arts Building. The Emily Morgan uh, housed a hospital and offices for doctors and dentists until it was converted into an office complex in 1976. Eight years later, it underwent another renovation, transformed the space into a hotel. The old Gothic Colossus that uh, rises high over downtown, the structure has several distinguishing features including a five-story tower with an observation deck, copper roof with wooden ribs and lining its upper reaches, an array of gargoyles with each figure appeared to portray a different medical ailment. Hundreds of men lost their lives at the Alamo. A lot of others died in the building when it included a hospital, a facility that had its own morgue and crematorium. History of both the area and the building given rise to an abundance of ghost stories. Hotel guests say phones are ringing in the middle of the night with nobody on the other end of the line. Building I worked in here in El Paso um, had the same issue. I'd go in at 4 o'clock in the morning because I dealt with the East Coast, and there's a two-hour time difference. And uh, I'd be working along, and my phone would ring, and it would show me that it was coming from one of the offices in the back of the building. When I investigated, I discovered that somebody died in that office back when it used to be the Tony Lama uh, boot plant. And I guess he just wants somebody to uh, acknowledge him. Doors often slam shut for no apparent reason. Elevators have skipped requested floors and stop on different levels. Attendants have reported beds being unmade moments after a room has been serviced. And a sales manager was once spent the night returned to her room to find the bathtub filled with blue water. More ominously, guests have reported hearing hospital carts rolling down the corridors past their doors. Others have seen a mysterious woman in white walking the hallways. And a strong, distinct antiseptic order permeates the top floor, which was once part of the hospital. Emily Morgan adheres to the traditional hotel superstition. It does not have a 13th floor. This means the building's top level is actually the 14th. But the hotel takes the superstition one step further. There's no room 1408. The sum of the digits in that room number, 1408, is actually 13. 
apparently the management's not taking any chances. And then, of course, we have the famous Stanley Hotel in Estes Park, Colorado. You know, the... Um, you know, during their 1974 visit to the Stanley, Stephen King and his family stayed in room 217. That same room is said to be frequented by the ghost of a former housekeeper named Elizabeth Wilson. And as everybody knows, and I've talked about several times, the Stanley served as inspiration for the King's 1977 novel, The Shining, which was adapted into a 1980 horror film starring Jack Nicholson. Well, let's talk about the Hotel Del Coronado in San Diego, California. 1983, a Secret Service agent guarding then-Vice President George H.W. Bush was assigned to room 3519 and became spooked enough to call his superiors in the middle of the night to, be, to demand another room. <coughs> you know, November 24th, 1892, Thanksgiving Day, a 24-year-old woman from Los Angeles named Kate Morgan climbed into the uh, steps into the hotel. She was alone, had no luggage, registered under the name of Lottie Anderson Bernard and claimed to be from Detroit. She um, paid $3.80 a night to stay in room 302, which has been changed to 3327. Three meals a day were included in that $3.80 a night. Four days later, she walked out onto an exterior staircase and shot herself in the right temple with a 44 caliber American Bulldog pistol she had bought in San Diego the day before. Hotel's electrician found her body in the morning of November 29th. San Diego coroner determined that uh, her wound was self-inflicted. Well, the reason it brought her to what became known as the Dell, a sweeping Victorian beachfront hotel built in 1888 with... Very noticeable red roofs and an exterior of pristine white wood are somewhat convoluted. Possibly distraught following a lover's quarrel or waiting for a man that never showed up. Regardless, once she checked in, she never checked out. Guests and staff say they're seeing the spirit of a beautiful dark-haired woman and visitors uh, staying at the in Morgan's old room on the third floor reported uh, flickering lights. The TV will turn on and off, untouched, and the doors often open and close on their own, which can be disconcerting in the middle of the night when your door opens. Well, let's go to Savannah, Georgia. The Marshall House. There have been a lot of reports about the sounds of children running down the hotel's hallways late at night and the faucets turn on by themselves. Then you've got the clacking of a manual typewriter that's been heard coming from the room once occupied by author Joel Chandler Harris. You know, this elegant, low-slung, four-story hotel opened in 1851 and included a dining room, a bar, public and private parlors, shops, and a carriage turnaround. An ornate covered iron veranda runs most of the length of the second floor, and the exterior is Philadelphia pressed brick. After the peaceful surrender of Savannah to General William T. Sherman's army in December of 1864, Union troops briefly used the hotel as a hospital. During Reconstruction, Joel Chandler Harris, author of the Uncle Remus stories, lived there and worked as a reporter for the Savannah Morning News. Marshall House operated as a hotel for the better part of a century until it closed in 1957 and 
street-level floor was divided into retail spaces, while the upper floors were sealed off and became havens for birds, bats, and rodents. Building underwent a thorough restoration in 1998, preserving original wooden floors, staircases, brick walls, and fireplaces, and it was returned to its original use. Some of the artifacts found during the renovation are displayed in glass cabinets on the second and third floors. An 1837 portrait of the Marshall House founder, Savannah businesswoman Mary Marshall, clad in a black dress and a white bonnet, hangs in the lobby. Shortly after the hotel reopened, a young girl told her father she'd met a lady dressed like Marshall in an upstairs hallway. And that was the beginning of the building's connection to the supernatural. Marshall House recently ranked second in the USA Today's list of America's best haunted hotels. Extensive renovation may have led to the supposed rise in ghostly activity. Legend has it that 19th century artifacts weren't the only thing discovered when the construction workers entered the hotel's sealed upper floors. They also found bones under the floorboard that may have belonged to Union soldiers. Now, those rumors, of course, have never been confirmed, but guests reported seeing ghosts of soldiers with amputated limbs, and room 414 is allegedly plagued by the odor of rotting flesh. When somebody hangs out a Do Not Disturb sign on the door of that room, they really do mean it. And, of course, uh, a sealed hotel would be a good place to hide a body. Well... Savannah's got a lot of haunted places. I spent uh, several months there. Let's go to L.A. The Hollywood Roosevelt Hotel. It was a magnet for movie stars. I mean, uh, child actor Shirley Temple took her first tap dancing lessons with Bill Bojangles Robinson on the tile steps uh, beyond the uh, Roosevelt's lobby. Rehearsing their uh, dance in 1935 as a little colonel. You know, the Roosevelt was built with partial funding from actors Douglas Fairbanks and Mary Pickford, as well as studio head Louis B. Mayer, and has been the cornerstone of the golden age of Hollywood almost since the day it opened in 1927. In fact, the ballroom hosted uh, the first Academy Awards in 1929. That ballroom is known as the Blossom. Well, the 12-story Spanish colonial structure was... I guess you could say looms over Hollywood Boulevard, was a favorite of America's movie uh, idols. Mary Monroe lived there for a time in room 246 and frequently uh, also frequented the Roosevelt's uh, Cinegrill uh, Cabaret and Clark Gable and Carol Lombard before and after they married often frequented a penthouse on the hotel's 12th floor. Some of those old Hollywood icons still frequent the hotel, according to stories. Been reports of Marilyn's... Uh, Monroe's ghost appearing in a full-length mirror that once belonged to her and now hangs in the lower-level uh, foyer. She's not the only celebrity still hanging around. My grandma Cliff, who died of a heart attack in 1966, stayed in room 928 for three months while filming uh, the 1953 movie From Here to Eternity. He was notorious at the Roosevelt because he had practiced his trumpet and recited his lines out loud while walking the corridor outside his room. And according to hotel security records, many guests have since called with noise complaints about the people in Cliff's old room. But every time the security guards go check, the room is empty. 1996, the hotel celebrated what would have been the 53rd wedding anniversary of Gable and Lombard. If you remember, she died in a plane crash in 1942. He died in 1960. By holding, uh, they held a seance in the uh, couple's old penthouse. Renamed the Gable Lombard Suite. 
in an attempt to summon their spirits. Lombard supposedly made an appearance, decked out in a pink dress and diamond earrings. She did know how to make an entrance. Then also in Los Angeles is the Chateau Marmont. A week after John Belushi died of a drug overdose in Bungalow Number 3 on March 5, 1982, a fellow Saturday Night Live alumni, Al Franken, stayed at the hotel and claimed Belushi's ghost came to see him. Years later, a couple staying in Bungalow 3 noticed their two-year-old son giggling to himself. He said he was laughing at the funny man. One day his mother was looking at a book of celebrity guests at a hotel, and the boy pointed at Belushi's picture and said, That's the funny man. Wouldn't put it past Belushi. Well, in Washington, D.C., a place I've stayed a few times, the Hay Adams. You know, the spirit of Marion Clover Hooper, Adams, appears to be most active around the anniversary of her death. Her appearance is often accompanied by the smell of almonds, which themselves contain trace amounts of cyanide. You know, the, uh, the Bull Arts Landmark, which sits directly across Lafayette Park from, uh, or Lafayette Park, depending on your pronunciation, from the White House, is where Barack Obama stayed with his family before his presidential inauguration in 2009. Well, Ronald Reagan dined with his wife, Nancy Reagan, before his uh, inauguration in 1981. And besides political dignitaries, the list of guests over the years include Ethel Barrymore, Amelia Earhart, Rex Harrison, Sinclair Lewis, and Charles Lindbergh. One just a place to stay. The Hay Adams is a as worthy of monument status as any memorial in a city that's filled with them. Hotels built in 1928 on the site once graced by the grand Romanesque homes of close friends John Hay and Henry Adams. Hay had been the personal secretary to Abraham Lincoln and also served as the Secretary of State and U.S. Ambassador to the U.K. Adams, a descendant of Presidents John Quincy and John Adams and John Quincy Adams was a historian and Harvard professor. And almost from the time the houses were built in 1884, the Hay Adams residences became hubs of the social and intellectual scenes in the nation's capital. Along with their wives, Clara Hay and Mary Clover Hooper Adams, the two men hosted uh, symposiums on literature, art, science, and politics and entertained famous guests such as Teddy Roosevelt, Mark Twain, and Henry James. But tragedy... Lurked just around the corner. One Saturday morning in early December 1885, Marion uh, Culver Adams, who had fallen into deep depression after her father's death, took her own life by ingesting potassium cyanide. And apparently her troubled spirits never left the site. Today her ghost is reportedly most often found haunting the fourth uh, floor of the Hay Adams. Locked doors will mysteriously open and close on their own, and staff and guests have heard the sounds of a woman crying softly in a room on a st- oh, or on a stairwell. Housekeepers in empty rooms were also sometimes hear the voices of a woman uh, whispering, uh, what do you want, and even calling them by name. When a ghost calls you by name, they know you too well, let me tell you that. Well, in Rapid City, South Dakota, we got the Hotel Alex Johnson. <coughs> Taking full advantage of its spooky history, the hotel offers a ghost adventure package for guests that includes accommodations in a Reported uh, haunted room, a K2 meter, or so-called ghost detector, and other amenities. Now, years ago, when uh, I used to do ghost tours all the time, and I've written a number of books about ghosts that you can find on Amazon, 
look under Ken Hudnell. Um, we were going to uh, a place for an uh, a, uh, event, and we couldn't get a room. Closest room was 45 miles away. And I said, well, I really don't want to drive, so thank you kindly. And they said, well, wait, wait a minute. Your, your name sounds familiar. And I said, yeah, I wrote the book about ghosts and what have you. Guy said, just a minute, we'll be right back. Came back and said, we got your room. Okay. Well, I did some research on that hotel and discovered that it had several haunted rooms, one of which is the one we were put in. And when I was talking to the manager, I said, why did you put us in a haunted room? He said, based on the books you write, who better to stay in a haunted room? Yeah, he had a good point. Well, built in 1928 by Alex Carlton Johnson, the vice president of Chicago and Northwestern Railway. It's an 11-story German Tudor, and it's full of symbolism. Architectural style selected because of the large influx of German immigrants to the Dakotas. Inside, especially in the Grand Lobby, accents of Native American heritage are everywhere, especially in the symbols and the original brick of the lobby floor. Places reportedly also full of ghosts, most well known of whom is the Lady in White, according to local legend at some point in the 1970s. The woman killed herself on her wedding night by jumping out the window of room 812. Cast and staff have... Uh, Reported seeing her spirit wandering the eighth floor. And in room 812, the window is often mysteriously found open in the morning and drawers in the dresser sometimes taken out, turned upside down, put back in place without any explanation. Now, she's not the only ghost on the eighth floor. Some guests have reported to hear a young girl giggling in the hallway. Spirits are also known to knock on doors. One of the hotel's other permanent uh, spirits is Alec Johnson himself who died in 1938, but has apparently stayed behind to make sure things continue to run smoothly in his hotel. And then in Austin, Texas, we've got the Driscoll. Hotel brimming with ghost stories, including that of a cigar-smoking ghost dressed in 19th century cowboy's clothing. Apparently, he likes to visit with women musicians. According to Annie Lennox, a ghost cowboy picked out her Stage outfit while she showered. And if a ghost says it's what you ought to wear, then frankly, that's what you ought to wear. Well, cattle baron Jesse Driscoll opened his hotel in downtown Austin in 1886 with the goal of making it one of the finest guest houses in the world. The elaborate Romanesque structure has a facade of pressed brick with white limestone accents and Includes porticos and arches and gables and balconies and columns and busts and other carvings. I mean, frankly, Driscoll spared no expense. Spent four hundred thousand dollars in eighteen eighty-six dollars, which in twenty twenty-two would be the equivalent of about twelve point five million. And when he lost his fortune two years later, he was forced to sell the hotel. Driscoll's changed hands many times since then. Has been on the verge of extinction on more than a few occasions. And what remains consistent in the hotel's history is a legend that the Driscoll is haunted. It's reputed to be the home of more than a dozen ghosts, including Driscoll himself, as well as two brides, both of whom reportedly took their own lives in room 525. First killed herself after her fiancé called off the wedding. She's been seen roaming the halls in a Victorian gown. The second, after also having been jilted, shot herself in 1991 after going on a shopping spree with her ex's credit cards. 
She's been seen carrying bags or a pistol before vanishing into room 525. Well, if your intended dumps you, maxing out his credit cards is probably a good revenge. Well, let's talk about ghost towns. Not just a haunted building, but the entire town. Go to Colorado and start with St. Elmo. You know, on one occasion, a skier claimed to have seen a very attractive woman in a white dress in the second-story window of the Stark's Home Comfort Hotel in St. Elmo. It appears Annabelle Stark is still keeping watch over the town. It's nestled deep in the Rocky Mountains at an elevation of more than 10,000 feet. It's a former mining town, utterly remote, cut off from civilization by a dense pine forest and a pair of 14,000-foot peaks. Found in 1880, settled by enterprising prospectors who pulled gold and silver from the holes they dug into the surrounding hills. Sionomo is also something of a transportation hub, the depot for the narrow-gauge uh, Denver, South Park, and Pacific Railroads, was well, the starting point of the Gunnison, Aspen, and Tin Cup stagecoach lines. And its zenith in the 1880s, it had a population of 2,000 and boasted a smelting works and several merchandise stores, five hotels, a telegraph office, a town hall, five restaurants, two sawmills, a schoolhouse, a weekly newspaper called The Mountaineer, and numerous saloons and dance halls. No listing of any churches at all. But a fire swept through the town in 1890, and after it was a out, it was though the place never stopped exhaling. The mines started to dry up. The price of silver collapsed in 1893. Seventeen years later, the Alpine Tunnel, the first to burrow through the Continental Divide, ceased operation. Train service ended in the 1920s. St. Elmo's status as a ghost town wasn't far behind. The Mary Murphy Mine, one of the richest in town, closed in 1936. Within a decade, St. Elmo had just two full-time residents. Tony and Annabelle Stark, son and daughter of a prominent former cattleman and mine boss. Well, as people left town, the Starks bought their properties for the value of their tax liens and converted them to summer cabins to rent to tourists. Today, roughly 40 of the town's early structures uh, remain intact, including the Miners Exchange Building, which served as a bank and a saloon before becoming a general store, Pat Hurley Saloon, the Pawnee Mining and Milling Company Building, and the Stark Home and Comfort Hotel. With an old dilapidated Main Street lined with abandoned false front uh, stores and other frame structures, San Elmo is considered one of the best preserved ghost towns in the West. And the old buildings aren't the only leftovers from the town's past. Ghost of Annabelle Stark still patrols the streets of San Elmo. She lived there without indoor plumbing until the late 1950s and was tagged with the nickname Dirty Annie because of the filthy clothing she wore and the tangled mess of her hair. She used to stroll the streets with a loaded shotgun swung over one shoulder. Left the hotel to a friend when she died in 1960, and shortly after her death, the friend's grandchildren are playing in one of the rooms when the temperature dropped 20 degrees and all the doors slammed shut. I don't think she liked the game they were playing. Well, from Colorado, let's go to uh, Nevada. Rail light. And what remains of a mercantile store sits abandoned in rhyolite. Today, the ghost town is overseen by the Bureau of Land Management as a popular tourist attraction. It also serves as a backdrop for a number of films, including Air Mail in 1925 and The Island in 2005. 
It's named for the silica-rich volcanic rock in the area to the northeast of Death Valley. Well, that was the most prosperous of the more than 2,000 gold mining camps that sprang up in Nevada's Bullfrog Mining District almost overnight in 1905. Buildings in the town went up at a prodigious rate. The Cook Bank building was three stories tall. The Stock Exchange and Board of Trade was formed. Two years later, the town was wired for electricity. There were hotels and stores, a school for 250 children, an opera house, an ice plant, ice cream parlor, two electric plants, foundries, machine shops, and a miners' union hospital. East Coast magnate uh, Charles Schwab owned the Montgomery Shoshone mine. The mood in the town was so giddy. One miner named Tom Kelly built a three-bedroom house out of 50,000 beer and liquor bottles. But the panic of 1907, the first worldwide financial crisis of the 20th century, um, started what became a rapid demise of the gold rush town. Mines closed, banks failed over the next few years. At its peak, somewhere between 3,500 and 5,000 people lived in Rile Light, but by 1910, there were 611 people left. Montgomery Shoshone Mine and uh, Mill closed in March of 1911. Five years later, the power was turned off. By 1920, just 14 people remained. Thirty years later, there was only two, Mr. and Mrs. H.H. H. Heisler, a retired couple from Montezuma, Georgia, made their home in the old railroad station, town's only habitable building. Today, Rowell Light's a eerie destination for tourists, tourists to see the places crumbling concrete and stone. Portions of the walls of the three-story bank building still stand, as do parts of the old jail and school. In front of the Porter Brothers General Store is also upright. Among the few intact buildings remaining are the Spanish-style train depot and Tom Kelly's bottle house. Well, on that note, we come to the end of today's show. We'll be back tomorrow, and I'll tell you about the ghost of Virginia City and Nevada City. Until then, this is Ken Hudnall for the Ken Hudnall Show saying have a truly great evening.